0: Us would have the same name I imagine it would go something like hi my name is bipolar depression no way mine's too why'd your parents name you that well it was my great-grandmother's name and it got passed down to me so I guess you can say I inherited it but it's too much for people to say so they call me crazy for short or you can call me by my middle name anxiety it's a little more acceptable in social settings and I like the way it looks in script What's your story? If we were named after our mental illness, how many of us would have the same name? How many of us would say it without shame? How many of us would wear it on our name tags in plain sight? How many of us would make sure people spell it and pronounce it right? B-polar? No, miss, it's bipolar. B as in brain disorder. I as in impulsive. Hyphen. P as in pills. O as in outsider. L as in loss of interest, A as in agitation, R as in restlessness. How many of us wouldn't hesitate to tell others what it means in its origin? How many of us would argue about how far back it goes like religion? How many of us would put it in bold letters on our social media page? Or would you lie about it like we do sometimes with our age? How many of us would name our kids after us because it's family inspired? How many of us think that with our names, we'll easily get hired? How many of us would be proud to hear our names announced for awards? How many of us have names that could put us in the psych ward? If we were named after our mental illness, how many of us would have the same name? Say it, say your name loud and proud like reciting the Pledge of Allegiance. Don't shorten it or nickname it for anyone's convenience. Wear it on your skin like a new tattoo or even on a necklace if you have to. Don't worry about the stigma and don't feel ashamed. Hi, I am bipolar, anxiety, depression, but I am not my name.
1: Mm. Mmm. That
2: was good.
1: That was awesome.
2: That was. Right? Yeah. Woo! Snap those
1: fingers. Thank you. Snaps are welcome. Awesome. Keys, that's awesome. I really, really enjoy when you perform that. Yeah? Yeah, I really do because you get so in-depth. Like, especially when you're spelling out each letter Mm -hmm. and what it represents to your understanding. Like, Mm -hmm. that's really interesting. You give people more of an insight of what that can look like and feel like. Yeah, because those those are the
0: the actual, like, symptoms and, uh, mm -hmm. and signs of bipolar depression and the effects of, so.
1: Yeah, thank you. So, we are back. It is season three, episode one, titled Be Unstoppable. And we are so excited.
0: Yeah.
1: So before we move forward, we want to give thanks to the people that supported us in season two. Right? And that mm-hmm. was a lot of folks. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> and so. Through
0: our, through our uh, breakdowns and our breakthroughs yes, and, <laughs> and, yes. and disconnects and reconnects.
1: Yes. So if we leave anyone out, we, we do, um, please forgive us. But we definitely want to thank everyone that supported us from day one. Um, but we definitely want to thank. Max Stanley who um, is our resident therapist Mm -hmm. thank you for showing up for us Um, we want to thank Jael and Tyrell um, when we had our couple um, episode with the couples and um, couples love and mental health Mm -hmm. and Azizi and Sade Mm -hmm. and also who else we had last season Audrey Wildfire Though. Yes, and so yeah, I think that was our guest for last season. Um evening.
0: and um, oh my God, her face is like right here. Your birthday. Oh, friend. Emily yes. Randall. Oh my God, my twin, my <laughs> birthday
1: twin. twin. How can I forget her? Yes. So yes, um, we have her on for Sexual, um, Assault Month as well. So we are very grateful for all of our friends and supporters for coming on the show.
0: And not, we can't forget Necessary Studios for you know allowing us the space to even exist. Yes, Right. So. Sh- shout out to Necessary out Studio, to
1: necessary www.necessarystudios.com, represent Long Island City, Queens. Thank you guys. Queens in the building. Queens get the money. And so, today's a special day. I'm excited to introduce some very special and powerful people. <coughs> and um, before I introduce these folks who are freaking amazing, I just wanna give you a little bit of um, a story. Well, not a story, but I just want to share that we have three amazing people here at the moment. And I'm going to share f- about a film, a short film called The Unstoppable that I had the honor and privilege to be a part of as a mental health consultant um, last year. And this film is like, it's, t- it's taking a life of its own in a way that is going to really change the world and the, the, the stigma attached to mental health matters. So the film, The Unstoppable, is a short story written by this beautiful, powerful young lady named Juliana Greenwich. She wrote the story as part of her 11th grade English assignment with the help of her teachers. Um, she submitted the story to a writing competition. She was a finalist but did not win. So the lead producer, Cecilia Miha, Was one of the reviewers and decided to take Juliana's story into a film. Turn the story into a film. So the story is inspired by Juliana's real-life battle with anxiety and how she struggled to express her feelings, to communicate her feelings to her friends and family. Um, She starts to get overwhelmed by the things that she cannot control. And she finds solace in her writing and creativity. But, But her fight to work through her emotions is interrupted by a classmate who continues to pick on her for being different. It pushes her to the very edge, to the point where she feels she has no other choice but to end everything. The voices, the the fear, the ridicule, the sadness. Totally everything. And so, as we know, bullying is something that is just out of, like, unacceptable. And us at Me Too Radio Zone, we think bullying is whack. You're not cool if you're bullying people. And it's just not okay. And you know, with the bullying that exist was existing in her life, it really heightened her anxiety and everything like that. So um, that's that's about the short film, The Unstoppable. And I'm just gonna introduce our folks. So Juliana um, is the writer and the actress of The Unstoppable. Um, so Juliana's 19 years old. She's from Bushwick, Brooklyn. I think she's 20 now, but mm-hmm. she, she'll correct me. She'll check me on that. Mm-hmm. Um, she's from Bushwick, B.K. She's been writing narrative stories since the second grade. And, um, you know, her film-making experience started when she was 15, when she made a doc- docu-short film about bullying. Her goal in life is to open more doors more doors in the film industry for young women of color, and she believed that the film could help start that. So, Juliana, say, what up? Hi! Awesome. <laughs> so, welcome, Juliana. We Thank also you. have... Um, Cecilia, who is the producer and writer of the film, and she is also a um, native New Yorker, born and raised in BK. Um, She worked in, in development for several nonprofit organizations, including NGOs affiliated with the UN. She has a master degree in public administration and affairs. She produced a few short films focusing on social justice issues um, such like mental health, gender equa- in, inequality, and things like that, she has produced a number of projects, including the upcoming Yellow Rose. And she's just fucking badass mm-hmm. and she'll talk more about what she's up to. And we have one more guest here. Um, we have Phil who is also um, who was Juliana's teacher, um, English teacher back in the 10th and 11th grade. And he is a special ed teacher as well. And he, well, maybe not a special ed teacher, but he'll he'll check me on that too. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: get the back
1: straight, get yeah. Back straight. So um, right. he was Juliana's teacher, and he, um, she, you know, she wrote about him, and she also wrote about her. And so Phil was her teacher who influ- her influenced her a lot, and she really admired him because he had a laid back persona. And you know, supported her with passing her regions and all these amazing things. So welcome to Me Too Radio Zone guys. Welcome
0: everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you.
1: Awesome. <laughs> so <laughs> since I kinda messed up your last names and started just like rambling, please check me. Juliana, Cecilia, Phil, thanks for coming.
2: Thank you. You said my last name right, but I'm 20. Yay! <laughs> that's, that's the For the thing. record. For the record. Okay, so.
0: respect on it, right? <laughs> She's out of her teens. So. Uh,
1: all right, so, Juliana, tell us a little bit more about yourself and tell us about the Unstoppable.
2: Um, okay. Uh, I was born and raised in Brooklyn. I have uh, five brothers and sisters. Um, I. Wrote the Unstoppable because I really wanted to share my story, but I wanted to do it in a way that I knew could relate to a lot of other people around my age and high school students, even possibly middle school students, who feel like they're not heard or feel like they don't know what to do when uh, you know they get bullied or if they have anxiety. You know, I wanted to just let people know that, you know, I, I feel you. I know, I know. Mm-hmm. So that's why I wrote it. Yeah.
0: When did when did you you realize or start experiencing anxiety or even recognize that that's what it was that you were experiencing?
2: Ooh, okay. I think I started experiencing it around 13, but I didn't know what it was until I was about maybe 14, almost 15. Mm-hmm. Um. So it kind of just, like, Lived with me for a year and a half, and I was just like, I don't know what's happening. I feel anxious all the time. I don't ever want to leave my house. I don't really feel like talking to my friends because they wouldn't understand. I can't talk to my parents because they wouldn't understand. So it's just me and my thoughts mm-hmm. and trying to understand what I couldn't understand. So yeah, that was uh, that was something. that yeah. was an experience. I yeah, had to go 13, through it like yes. alone. And at such a young age so it was like
0: not the best. Mm-hmm. Was there was there something specific that was happening around that time when it set up when it offset or like what if you want to share like what was going on?
2: Um. Yeah there was something uh, something major and then also I was being like bullied like ridiculously. I wasn't bullied in high school but middle school was like probably the worst years of my life, like mm-hmm. seventh and eighth grade, terrible. Um, kids can be so mean, yes. so <laughs> mean, for no reason whatsoever. So, um, you know, that wasn't much help. And then being in the middle of five siblings is also, like, you just feel like you're not there, you're like the, so, yeah.
1: yeah. So, I know. I heard you say. I heard you say a lot of things. Um, you were with your thoughts, and you know, your friends and family didn't understand what you were experiencing. But throughout that process, was there at least one person in that process that maybe didn't understand, but was like a listening ear for you, or someone that was willing to support you and bring like positive affirmations towards your life during that process?
2: Yeah. Um, at the beginning of it, uh, my seventh grade English teacher, Mary. She was uh, probably one of the best teachers I've ever had in my entire life. Uh, I talked to her for a while. (laughs) I talked to her for... (laughs) So we're laughing because, you know, her (laughs) 10th and 11th grade here, and... yeah. She said said one of. Yeah, she did, she did. did, did, did. I picked that up. We're instigating. Yeah, uh, she was, like one of the only people that i truly let in i choose the first person i ever let read anything that i wrote um but then uh march of 2013 she died of cancer so you know i lost that person that i felt i can talk to so um after that no one really so it was kind of just me again by myself
1: so how did the unstoppable
2: come into manifestation like how did that occur Ooh, okay. Um, So, like you said before, it was for a writing assignment. Mm -hmm. And I believe I wrote it in like maybe four days, the short story. uh, Because I just, I love writing and I didn't want to drag it out because I I had this idea. I just need to get it onto paper. Mm. And when I finished writing it, I was like, wow, this isn't, this isn't
3: half bad, you know? Mm
2: -hmm. This is, this can be something. And uh, when I give it to my teachers they said the same thing and so i was like you know okay <laughs> and then um we submitted and then i uh, was a semi-finalist and, and then, submitted to where uh the scenarios competition mm-hmm. for uh scenarios usa mm-hmm. and uh
0: oh i've watched a few of those mm-hmm.
2: gotcha you know a bunch of people in my grade were semi-finalists and then i became a finalist so top five and only uh you know, five people were there, and I was one of them, I was like, so excited, Um, but then my story lost, in a way, like, it lost the competition, but um, my friend won, and I was really happy for her, I was supportive of her, and uh, one day when we were, not we, but like, I was with a bunch of interns from said movie set and Cecilia came up to me and she said I really loved your story and I'd really like to do something with it. I'd really like to make it if you let me I was just like um yeah why am I even pretending to think about this um of course <laughs> and so um that was I think fall of 2016 and uh that's when I started writing out the screenplay for it and then it went through the countless editing process which took almost like two full years of writing and rewriting and then scrapping and then starting all over
3: Mm. and of
2: course when you're rewriting something so many times you're like oh okay I'm rewriting it because it's not good the story is no longer good but um I just stopped thinking like that because when I did think like that I wouldn't want to write it and I'd push it aside and then I'd get massive text was to say like how's the writing going she's like, mm, it's <laughs> not really but um kind of just had to pull myself out of that mindset and keep typing and then she finally did it and the entire film process the filming meeting everyone just everything about it was so spectacular it was incredible life-changing
3: mm-hmm. awesome,
2: awesome.
0: So- i actually have a question for cecilia Sure. Did you did you did you have no go ahead okay
1: you um, do you I'm I'm gonna try to speak right. less <laughs> <laughs> this time around sure <laughs> so what um
0: what gravitated you towards her story to want to bring it to life into
3: film um you know it was meeting her mm. uh, when I read her story I already knew immediately that it was sort of meta. So when I met her, I knew that she was writing about herself. She didn't say it directly. Mm-hmm. So I knew she was writing about herself. And then, and then the response was that we've seen so many stories like this before, and that was exactly why I wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. So that was sort of my response to that. And to her, really. She's mm-hmm. just really, mm-hmm. she's sort of a force when you meet her, very individual. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so yeah. much personality. Yeah. So
1: once you... So by meeting her and picking up her story, then what happened next? Like, what was that process like for you as a as a producer?
3: You know, when I can't even tell you what the process is of a of an actual producer, but a producer my, like myself, you sort of just see a story, you hear a story, you meet the person behind the story, and you want to turn it into a story. That's sort of how it goes. Um, and I, the first person I told actually that I wanted to turn into a story was was Phil over here, mm-hmm. and that was her teacher. So. Um it's interesting, and then I went and told Juliana that I'm going to go do her story, so that was sort of um I already envisioned it when mm-hmm. I met with her and mm-hmm. then when i when I started to read it over and over again, I saw how it would go, and then I you know I also have to keep in mind that it's her story, right. it's not mine, <laughs> so I have to figure out how she wants to tell it, so it was, right. that was a process also
0: mm-hmm. was it like off the back like or a no-brainer that you were going to be the actress in the film, or did you consider having someone else do this, or did you feel you had to...
2: Oh, yeah. As soon as Celia said it, she asked me to be it, and I was like, oh, no, I, <laughs> I won't <laughs> said, play it. I'm, oh. I'm not going to play the lead. I'll play someone else. And I was actually originally scripted to play the bully.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: but then when we brought on uh, Diane as our director she asked me why i didn't want to be the lead i said well because i don't want to relive that horrible moment like those horrible moments of my life i just i don't want to rehash that and she told me she was like if i'm gonna be honest i think you need to suck it up and read for her and trust me it's going to make you feel a lot better and so i read a few lines for Lottie and I was like oh god wow that feels like I felt like I'd lifted a weight off my chest Um. that feels really good and she was like exactly because you are Lottie this is your story no one can tell it better than you Mm -hmm. and we had an actress lined up and everything for Lottie and we kind of just switched roles so um uh I was now playing Lottie and uh she was gonna play the the bully Mercedes Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, it all worked out great. <laughs> yeah. you know, thanks, Val. Love yeah. you. <laughs> so,
1: after um, playing yourself, right, In you know, in the film, what what did you gain from that experience?
2: Ooh. Okay. Good one. Um. Mm-hmm. Um. I guess a sense of release and closure, in a way, because I kind of like, you know, I'm. I still get like anxiety attacks I still get anxious a lot but it's actually a lot less than what it used to be maybe not being in school is also helpful in that way but um uh I guess just being able to know that you know I wasn't crazy I'm not crazy now Mm -hmm. at least not in this way um and that you know there are millions of people who are going through something similar whether it be like high schoolers or adults or whatever you are you know there's someone many people who are like dealing with this too so it's like a good feeling i mean not a good feeling that they're dealing with this but like that i'm not alone and i'm not alone
1: Yeah, yeah exactly cool so cecilia tell us about art of me and the re, um, what is the connection of Art of Me and the Unstoppable film, and just Art of Me
3: as a whole? Oh, good. I was not prepared for this one. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Art of Me is sort of the uh, I don't want to call it part two of scenarios, but it was it, when scenarios ended. Um, we had we still had a lot of students that wanted to tell their stories. We had a lot of uh, educators who wanted to continue with the program of what scenarios was. We didn't we did I didn't really ha- I had no interest in starting a nonprofit. I was in the beginnings. I was working for a, a law firm that did all of the beginning stages of nonprofits and the ending stages. So I never wanted to do any of that. Um, but then with Steph, uh, my counterpart in Cleveland who was like, I think we should start something new and give it to the students to tell us what to do with it and how to name it. That's how we got Art of Me actually. It was named by another one of their students, mm-hmm. um Nermeen who is the sister of Lean, who won the, the competition that uh, Juliana lost. lost. <laughs> Participated. Yeah, so she actually <laughs> named the nonprofit, and and I asked her why. She said it's because it, you're looking at us as, in, as individuals, and you're looking at the different art in, in each of us. So I was like, okay, we'll run with it. So Steph and I ran with it. And uh, the thing that we're doing differently now is that we're we're looking at different elements of art, not just filmmaking mm-hmm. so throughout the process of the unstoppable those sort of like my my um, guinea pig my test as to how to do all of it so throughout that i brought students um through it so it was like like the music that you hear in the film was created by students the poster was created by students all of the graphics that you see were created by students Ooh, it was under it was under awesome. our guidance but mm-hmm. it was all really their elements so we're gonna keep doing that from now on and then you know from there it was like Kids can do other stuff, so we're turning um, another (laughs) one of their students, uh, we're turning their uh, story into a graphic novel, but that's being supervised by an artist, myself and someone else, but a student's doing it. Mm -hmm. So we're kind of monitoring that whole time, and then we're doing another story and we're turning it into an audio play, and that is also being recorded by students. So it's just... That's sort of our whole thing. We want to give them the agency to do it. Right. It's yes,
0: empowering them yeah. that they can yeah. do it. Yeah. yeah. And it's like not like giving them the creative license. Yeah. Like. Yeah. yeah.
3: It's not just, it's not about making them any kind of social activist or anything. That, that's their choice. That's, if, you know, if they want to do that or not. But it's more about giving them the space to be creative in whatever way they want to be creative. Okay. So that's me That's
1: so, so let's show dope. so let's show Phil some love. I'm gonna ask you a question. I have one too, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> you thought she was um, gonna get away. Yeah, you know, did. Go <laughs> <I'm okay. laughs> um So my question to you is, um, what is your like? What is your connection to Juliana as your former student? Um, for example, when she was experiencing the bullying and and these breakdowns, what what was? How are you, her support through that process as an educator?
4: Um, I think that's a better, I mean, I think she would probably be able to answer that better than me. And like she said, I taught her in high school, and most of that bullying, I think, um, as started Juliana like said, July. started, mm-hmm. was took taking place during uh, mm-hmm. middle school. Uh, so it wasn't something that mm-hmm. I, I noticed specifically in the classroom. It's certainly not something that I would ever tolerate or I don't think really happens in, in, in my classrooms. Uh, but Juliana is the... Th- Third Greenwich that I had, so I had like a, a strong connection to her family. So I had her older sister and older brother before. So there was already a, a natural soft spot for Juliana, and knowing her family and how special her family was, I always wanted to see her succeed. I always knew how interesting the viewpoints of her family mm-hmm. were and um, what they can accomplish when pushed in the classroom.
3: Okay,
1: so okay, so I'm now I'm a little clear. So Phil, what played Juliana's teacher in the film The Unstoppable Um, but you were in the teacher during the time of the bullying in middle school correct? Correct. Okay got it awesome so my next question to you Mm -hmm. is um, because mental health matters is a very um, strong topic nowadays um, as an educator like what are the what are the signs that you would possibly see in a student that's probably struggling with mental health um, conditions in your classroom? Is it something that you, um, are you able to identify a student that's probably experiencing some type of depression or anxiety and things like that? How, how are you able to identify that and how do, how are you able to support them?
4: Well first I would say I'm more worried about the students I that don't have any external signs of it. It's easy to see someone who's more withdrawn, it's easy to see someone who's like cutting themselves, it's easy to see someone who's like having suicidal ideations and writing about those types of things. Um, so my concern is the, is the people who are covering those things up that you can't really see. Mm-hmm. And one of the ways that you're able to bring that out of people and allow them to express themselves is through this writing project. Um, so how do you, I, I think the best way to to help someone that is in that situation is exactly what Juliana said, which is listening to them, making sure that they have a forum to express themselves uh, reserving judgment and supporting them in whatever way that they need, because I don't think there's an, uh, a specific way or one way that fits any, mm-hmm. you know. It's, it's an individual process, I believe. Awesome.
1: Thank you.
0: No, you, I mean, you pretty much asked the question. Oh, you really <laughs> asked? Oh, wow. Ask. <laughs> no, awesome. no, you're not out <laughs> scot-free. You're no. still <laughs> in the game, so
1: <laughs> awesome. You tried it. So, um... So, uh, can I ask
4: Juliana a question? Sure. Yeah. I'm curious to see if that's how you perceived my role and if that's what you wanted or needed from a teacher in the position you were in when you were in my classroom, not when you were in middle school experiencing the bullying.
1: Oh, I like how this is going. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> I think that's, like, great, you know? You can't really... I... Like, I still had anxiety during my high school years, but I was, like, so used to it that I could, like, put on this facade and then go to school and act completely normal and then as soon as I get home take that off and it's just like a hot ass mess Mm. but um you know I think that's great you know I it wasn't so bad to the point where I felt like I needed to like someone to intervene but uh knowing that if I needed that someone like Phil was around I think that's fantastic and I would have definitely came To you, if anything, was like terrible, terrible. So, I think that's it's cool, that's dope, Phil.
3: <laughs>
1: so, I have one more question for you, Juliana. Yeah. What would you tell students and young people your age and younger, right? Because the film is based with um, you know in high school years. What will you tell that girl or that boy? that's experiencing bullying and depression, anxiety? Like, what will you tell them to say or do to get the support that they deserve to have?
2: Um, Well, first say, "Bully, suck. I know that, Mm -hmm. everyone knows that, even they know that. But, um, and it, 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 I can't, I won't just say, you know, talk to someone or try to talk to someone because I know you are trying, but it's you don't know how to put into words, therefore no one will be able to fully listen or understand. So um, I believe everyone has a creative side and you should put that into your creativity and then when people ask you about it, you'll be able to, you know, if you, I don't know, I, me personally i feel it's very easy to explain something that i've done than how i feel so if you then connect the two um you know it will make people listen like people have no choice but to listen so um you know channel that in any (coughs) way possible and um you know it it can help like a lot writing has always been an outlet for me and it's like I'd never really noticed until recently but it's it helps. So whatever your form of creativity is, you know, poetry, writing, dancing, singing, whatever it is, everyone has one. Just put it out there and you'll you'll do great, promise. Mm-hmm.
1: I like that. So put in all your energy towards something creative so that mm-hmm. you're able to express yourself mm-hmm. um, through your through your art. And also in that having people actually listen mm-hmm. in, a, in a profound way, like the unstoppable film. Mm-hmm. Awesome. you have okay. any questions? Please? I do, actually. I'm generating
0: a few questions in my brain. Um, so I'm, I want to go back to one of the scenes in the film. and I don't want to spoil it, but I'm going to so um two scenes in particular stood out to me so there was one the scene with your mom and Mm -hmm. you came home from school and you wanted to talk to her and she was like busy with papers or something she was doing and um you were trying to express to her you know how you were feeling and then she was just like oh like you know you're just being dramatic or you know you're just being a teenager and just going through the, the motions of you know whatever was that um um The experience that you had in real life with your mom or is that what you perceived as um what other people experience when trying to express themselves to their
2: parents that was a real life conversation i had with my mom so like i wrote it word for word um Mm. my mom is a high school teacher at brooklyn tech which has like 7,000 students, Mm -hmm. so she has like hundreds of students she has to deal with, and she'd come home exhausted every single day, and she'd still have to do papers, and she has five kids, so, um, you know, her head is just like filled with stuff, and she's always busy. And I didn't know how to tell her what was going on, so me like trying to say it in a way that could possibly make sense still didn't make sense, and the fact that she had so little time it was kind of just like, you're fine, you know,
3: mm. nothing's
2: wrong with you, you're a teenager, you're being dramatic. I get called dramatic <laughs> so much, and sometimes it's true, mm-hmm. sometimes I am dramatic. Mm-hmm. but um, I also know that a lot of kids, no matter like what their parents do, they've had similar experiences where, you know, they're trying to tell you something, but either they won't understand, or they don't have the time to, and so I kind of just put that and then my experience together and I was like here Mm -hmm. like just put it in the in the story and it it worked because you know I needed to show that you know she still loved her mom her mom Mm -hmm. loves her but Mm -hmm. it's just everything is a lot so she just kind of just not pushes Lottie away but asks her to postpone it until
0: it's convenient for her exactly (laughs) yeah so during during your real life experience with that conversation were you able to um see it from her point of view like okay she's a mom she does she has 7,000 students she has all these things going on were you as accepting of that or were you kind of like what was your experience with that
2: well I've always felt looked over being a middle child you know um my younger my younger siblings have each other and my older siblings have each other and it was kind of just me I've always been like a lone wolf um and so when I was alone people were just like like my family were just like oh you know she's just being alone that's what she does she likes to be alone and that's true for most of the time but um you know when I I I, I didn't see it from my mom's point of view because she would make time to uh talk to my siblings well this at least how I felt mm-hmm. but she didn't have that same time for me and I'm also the of person who would, like if I cared about you I'd bend over backwards to do anything for you and like to this day I still don't feel that same thing from like anyone mm-hmm. like I'm willing to do go above and beyond for any single person that I care about and I've never like felt a hundred percent getting that return so Mm -hmm. you know I didn't I didn't feel that way then and I I'm starting to see it from her point of view now but you know I just still feel like there could have been more that could have been done Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: I I love where this is going cuz I have a question for you Um, and I'm I'm a little emotional because this is a very so like suicide and like that conversation is really serious, right, and we should take it serious. And um, oftentimes, like I'm from personal experience and from other people's stories, when people attempt suicide or um, have a breakdown where they probably have to get hospitalized or anything like that, like, after the fact, right? Once they, you know, release from the hospital, once they're getting the support that they deserve to have, um, it's like they come out of this experience and people expect them to go back to normal and like go back to their regular programming um, without, you know, allowing that person to actually be with their experience and reconnect with themselves. And sometimes people just feel like, okay, well, let's just keep moving forward. Let's not talk about it. Um, in in the in your experience and in the film, well, in the film, but in your experience, after everything, how was that conversation afterwards? Because you mentioned something where you kind of still feel like you're not able to um, get that support. If I'm if I'm not mistaken, how was that afterwards? Like, like. As a matter of fact, what will you tell people that are listening? How should they support their loved ones that have experienced a type of distress where it almost cost them their lives? Like, how do you support that person that's coming from, you know, trying to cope in that distress? Like, what do you tell people? Oh,
2: that's a good question. Um, Well, for one thing, don't expect them to go back to how they were before everything happened because chances are they're not gonna do that, at least not immediately. So um, you know, I would just say be there for them and it sounds like so much easier said than done. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, being there for them doesn't mean being at their side twenty four seven. It just means, you know, checking in, making sure they have someone to talk to. Um, being I don't want to say better but doing more than what was done before you know I always uh, whenever it comes to anything I think well how would I want someone to do this for me and then I would do that for them so think about how like, you would want someone to treat you if this had happened to you Mm. and then ease that into how you're treating them
1: yeah i like that i think that's very clear and fair Mm -hmm. right it's like if if the ball if the shoe was on your what is it if the shoe was on the other foot yeah Mm -hmm. like how would you want that support to look like for you Mm -hmm. right because it can happen to any of us we can all like have a breakdown at a snap of a like a drop of a dime you know um so yeah, thank you for answering that. Um, so The Unstoppable. There was a private screening at the IFC Theater in November 2018, mm-hmm. which was fabulous, and you look so fabulous thank that <laughs> day. Um, tell us about that, and tell us about that premiere. Like, what, what was that experience for you? Um, well,
2: very start of it I was very anxious because I was late so I was stuck in traffic and everyone's texting me where are you and I was like on the brink of like she was crying so I was so late she was she was so <laughs> late
3: that I nicked the red carpet that she wanted so badly yeah. that was her lesson that was learned punishment. that day yeah
2: <laughs> wait but it wasn't even my fault that I was that's a different story <laughs> but um, yeah I was just oh god it was so bad but as soon as I got there I was just like by a bunch of people in theater, I was so happy. And then, um, you know, we watched uh, the movie. It was my first time seeing it. Like Cecilia had sent it to me, but I refused to watch it um, for two reasons. One, I'm very critical of my own performance, so I was just like, I watched. I think the first two minutes of it when she sent it to me, I was just like, Oh god, no, no, no. no. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you know, there's always something you feel like you could have done better. Mm-hmm. But um, it was really nice watching it. I think that was the first and only time I've watched it fully um, back in November. And, uh, God, it was just so much fun having you know, everyone there, people that I loved and cared about. Um, like you said, I looked really great. <laughs> um, yeah, sis. <laughs> um, I was just, I was on top of the world. I was like, I want to keep feeling this feeling feeling as an actress as a writer like I just want to I want to keep doing this forever you know this is so much fun I'm so sad that it's over but you know it's not over mm. we're still doing things with it yeah and That's what is that what is, what is
1: so that was my next question what is next for the unstoppable like what's what's been going on and what's the what do you want people to know about the unstoppable and where can they see it where can they find it like it's what's
2: Cecilia, so <laughs> answer that
1: question. Mm-hmm.
3: Super producer. <laughs> Super <laughs> producer. Yeah. Um, the Unstoppable is going to open up the, the yep. New York Shorts International Film Festival on May 31st. It's <laughs> so it's the first time that any of the shorts that we've ever had, including s- with scenarios, is ever going to open up a major festival like that. So wow. what that means is that her, f- her, her film is collecting its first laurel. So mm-hmm. laurel is what you see. When, you, when, when they present a film, it's like you see these leaves at the side. Oh, they so mm-hmm. golden that's what it leaves. Oh, is. oh, yeah. oh that's yeah. what that yeah. is. Yeah. That's so this dope. is the first laurel for the film. Wow. Woo! Wow. Yeah. <laughs> May 31st. Wow. So, 7:30. Juliana, did you know about this?
2: Yeah, she told me yesterday. I told mm-hmm. her that it
3: might get in.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah, she told
3: me, <laughs> but she it's she like told official. Yeah. And then they called me officially today and said wow. that we want to program amazing. your film. Awesome. Yeah. So mm. can
1: you tell the, uh, the <laughs> listeners? Watch out, Hollywood. <laughs> so can you tell the listeners again, um, when to, are, are the listeners able to go to this festival? Yeah,
3: it's open to the public. It's actually going to be in Cinema Village in their biggest theater. I think it seats 180 people.
2: Mm-hmm. So it's
3: part of the opening night circuit. Uh tickets go on sale I think in a week mm-hmm. it's at the I, I don't remember the website but it's New York Shorts International Film Festival May May 31st mm-hmm. uh-huh. May 31st that's a Friday yes 740. the unstoppable yeah so that's the premiere night 740
1: look at that <laughs> that's so cool like I honestly like I remember when I when I first got the script and then just being a part of the evolution like I always se- felt like the film will expand yeah um and I feel like it's going to expand even more, so I'm not surprised mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. At all, I'm not surprised. Um, but the film is being shown in public schools, mm-hmm. and tell us a little bit about, about that as to so like what is the
3: the intention and the goal around that, so that our listeners can reach out. Okay. Uh, so the film is being shown in select schools that request it, and mm-hmm. what we do is we work with the educators who are requesting it, and we we help them screen the film with sort of a uh, if uh, with none of us can be there, if any none of the representatives of the film can be there. We go through uh, like a series of possible workshops that they can go through because there are some mindfulness mm-hmm. thing practices that we need to have them um, implement especially with such a sensitive topic. like mm. we, we screened the film in Staten Island a couple of weeks ago. I had no idea that there was gonna be such an emotional reaction oh, to yeah. the film. There was such visceral reactions to it. There was a couple of girls in the audience who um, had attempted suicide and had, it was lucky that there was a, there was a number of us who had um experience in dealing with this kind of stuff mm-hmm. to talk to the students afterwards. And then there was one girl who stood up and said her father had committed suicide. Mm, wow. So it was sort of a it was a really I was not expecting any of that, but also how Juliana handled that was really it was really great. So it's a testament to how much she's grown since she's given us the film. Um mm-hmm. but it yeah, so they can call they can contact us at artofme.org dot org if they want to show the film. Art of me. Okay. Or All right,
1: guys, so we're going to wrap up. Um, Juliana, let our listeners know what's next for you um, in regards to film. And first of all, how are you feeling?
2: I feel great. Good. Yeah. You know, I've I've been feeling really good lately. Awesome. I started dating again. Look at that. You see,
1: so listeners, like, there is, like, Life is good, right? Life is great. Life mm. is good. No, m- like, when we're going through these circumstances, like, there's joy is accessible. It's definitely accessible, and you know, it's accessible, and we can figure this out together as 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 life goes on. So, Juliana's dating.
3: <laughs> <laughs> that's what came out of it. Okay, that's that's, that's cool,
1: girl. You you date. You go ahead so what's next like what What are you up to let our listeners know what's, what to look out for and how they can reach yeah, you yeah cause you
0: said you were an actress she said as an actress so mm-hmm. you're officially taking on that title that you are an actress mm-hmm. which means yeah. there's more stuff coming so we need to know
2: so um I don't know if you know I've, I've told a lot of people I um recently got a callback for the Harry Potter play in
3: Manhattan
2: <laughs> so uh that's Second audition is coming up in May. Um, I just started a YouTube channel. I post every Monday. I just dropped a video yesterday, so it's um you know, if you're a fan girl, you like Harry Potter or Marvel or Disney, that's like the main thing that my channel is gonna be. What's about. the name of the channel? Let them know. It's just my name, Juliana Greenwich. Okay. Two N's in Juliana Greenwich is I'll probably spell G R E E N I D G E. Awesome. Yeah, you can subscribe to me I'd greatly appreciate it. Um my Instagram is underscore and then just Juliana backwards so A-N-N-A-I-L-U-J that's my (laughs) yeah so that's my Instagram and Twitter as well. Um I also have a short film that I wrote and uh you know I hope to get that up and running soon. Uh I'm going to keep bringing this up but uh, the guy I've been seeing is actually a a director of photography so Mm. you know he's really good with cameras uh, and he's part of a production company I'm not entirely sure what it's called but Mm -hmm. um, you know that's seems like a good way to to start mm-hmm.
1: yeah, you in alignment yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. awesome mm-hmm. i'm excited for you juliana thank this you. is you like don't. good stuff thank you so much yeah I'm I'm feel so over excited. here cheesing her. awesome awesome <laughs> so cecilia what's up like what's next for you what do you want our listeners to know and how can we find you and support your movement you can go I was just gonna
3: say, yeah. can we go to Phil first because yeah, it's too go quiet
1: this. over there.
3: Yeah, <laughs> Phil. So, <laughs> is there anything there. that you would like Tell
1: to me a minute? <laughs> is there anything that you would like to share or any like positive um, words to share as an educator? Like, just bring it home.
4: Well, one thing I was hoping Juliana was gonna say was a vocabulary word that we learned when we were studying uh, tragedy. And Aristotle's definition of tragedy was sort of the basis and one of the fundamental functions of being able to write this kind of story. So, Juliana, what is it called when a film has like, or any kind of work has a positive psychological impact on the viewer or on the reader? See if she remembers 11th grade ELA. (laughs) I'm
0: trying to remember. I'm like, did I learn that? It starts with a C.
2: A
3: lot of words start. To sing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, the anxiety's coming back. Comedy okay. relief. <laughs> I don't know. Come don't on, know. guys, what that's not funny. Catharsis. <laughs> ah. So, oh man, god,
4: that I'm a total like a failure. She doesn't remember. Oh my god. It makes god. you feeling better. I don't
2: remember much from
1: high school. So. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's yeah. twenty years yeah. old.
2: Yeah
0: you remember anything after the day after graduation everything goes out the window Yeah. this is her life now and I
4: think her film is a real great example of a cathartic event and how you can use writing, how you can use creating a screenplay how you can use any sort of artistic expression in a positive therapeutic way not just for yourself as the person who releases those emotions and gets them out but for people who read it so they can make that sort of uh, connection and understand that there are other people going through the same thing so that's hopefully, what my class continues to do, which is provide people with that ability and that opportunity.
1: Awesome. That's, it. That's, yes. i Awesome. <laughs> awesome. So thanks for that. Cecilia? Yeah.
3: And he didn't totally answer your question, really.
1: No, he did leave us with something I'm positive. I'm dating, too. No. Hey. <laughs> so put that out there. <laughs> you got a brother, Phil? <laughs>
4: yeah, he's married, though.
0: Oh, oh, man. Never mind. Maybe they're open-minded. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks. Don't need them problems.
1: <laughs> Cecilia, anything you would like to? Um, how can we find you? How can people work with Cecilia?
3: You can't find me.
1: Mm.
3: <laughs> oh, oh my god! <laughs> no. Pause. Well,
1: Yellow Rose is Where another
3: Instagram film. Is. No.
1: <laughs> so, so let us know about what's your upcoming um, <coughs>
3: stuff. My goodness. Um, so I have a couple of things coming up. Yellow Rose is a narrative feature I've been working on for probably, I think it's eight years now, Mm -hmm. and it's finally coming to life. So that's premiering May 2nd uh, in LA, and then in San Francisco on May 11th, and then it's coming to New York. These are the festival circuits that we're running, so we're also collecting laurels for the film. Uh, Hopefully, um, we already have distribution, but we're trying to look for a bigger distributor, so um, we're already guaranteed to play in theaters by next year. Mm Um, so at least 70 theaters across the country will play it We're not sure yet <laughs> um, But that's a really important film about immigration uh, It's about the separation of families In particular an undocumented girl who's separated from her mother And she's pursuing her country music dreams So wow. that's <laughs> yeah, it's a very interesting story All the, ri- all the music is original um, And the girl that's actually in it is the star of Hadestown Which is on Broadway now uh, and then I have another film called Lingua Franca, and that is also running the festival circuit. So that might play in Cannes uh, at the end of May.
1: It will play in Cannes. Right, <laughs> I was just about to say, <laughs> it festival. Might, it will. <laughs> but we haven't universe. heard back yet, awesome. but we'll see. Awesome. Um,
3: and then we have other, I have other projects in play, but uh, you can work with me. I don't know. You can contact me if you want. Yeah, so how can people find you? They can email me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> What's your email? <laughs> Come on. It's like she doesn't want people to find her. She's like, please, no, don't. Leave me alone.
3: <laughs> uh, you can check Art of Me in you know, Oregon. try to find me through there. It's totally oh, fine. Okay. <laughs> okay, so well, anybody. Well, you know, it's just, it's you know, fine, you can email me. You can email me at Cecilia <laughs> at civilianstudios.com, and I will read your screenplay if you would like me to. <laughs> Hello.
1: Awesome. Oh there it is. Yeah. Awesome guys. So guys, thank you so much. Before we go, Juliana, I just have to like I'm still admiring your skin. You look so amazing. Mm-hmm. Um and I've just known you for what like a year now, mm-hmm. year and a half. Um and just like every experience I have with you, um, you always showed courage and um I'm very grateful to know you and I'm and I'm proud that you were able to um persevere through all of this experience that you had, you know, and, and be able to create from it. And um, you're, you're impacting lives by thank sharing you. your story. So thank you and, and keep rising, keep thank doing you. it. Um, so guys, I'm so glad you guys were here. Thank you so much for sharing yourselves. Um, I want to leave with a quote. But before I leave with the quote, um, I want to provide you guys, as always, with the Suicide Prevention Lifeline. If anyone, if you or anyone is um, having any suicidal thoughts or just having needing someone to talk to in Germany or distress, please contact 800 273 8255. Again, 800 273 8255, Suicide Prevention Line. Um, and um there's this quote that i love i actually have a tattoo and it's by a persian um poet named rumi and this quote gets me through things and hopefully who i was listening can use this quote to um, uplift them during the time of darkness and the quote is what hurts you blesses you darkness is your candle any last thoughts
3: anyone i have one Mm-hmm. I should have said it before um, so when you asked me about the process of this, mm-hmm. I you know my whole goal, really, and I look at Juliana now, was to get her strong enough so that she could present the film on her own without me, if ever um, but that's the whole thing, like I, I think she had responded saying that she never she always feels alone that's the whole thing like I, I don't want her to feel alone when she's by herself because I think what my whole goal was when I started working with her and putting her through the process, because she'll tell you, I put her through a process. And it's just the, the whole thing that we do with Art of Me. And I, that's what I do with everybody. is just I wanted her to be able to know that she, she could stand on her own. She doesn't need any validation from anybody else. Oh. Mm-hmm. That's sort of what, how I operate. I've always sort of gotten by on my own. That's all I've ever known. So it's sort of how it works in the world of film, especially because if you're always looking for validation, you're going to get hurt. That's sort of how it is, because you're always—it's subjective. Yeah, film is yeah, very subjective, yeah. and so I wanted her to get ready for all of the criticism, because she got a lot of it on the way yeah, towards I, the I film. Used to
2: cry because I got it, but now I'm just like cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. I
3: can take it. Yep. And
0: awesome. So mm. Hopefully she's awesome. ready for
3: it.
1: Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Thank <laughs> you yeah. for that. That's important. So you definitely are not alone, listeners. You're not alone, and. um Again, um, thank you for listening to me to Radio Zone. If you have any questions, comments, um, please email us at me number two radiozone at gmail.com. Again, me to radiozone at gmail.com. All right, thank you for vibing with us. Zone so out. I got the